come for you. Lord, I ask that you honor everyone in here tonight. I ask that you bless every heart in here tonight. In their lives, Lord, let your name be glorified. Father, we give you thanks. We give you thanks. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. Hallelujah. Amen. Put your hands together. Bless God. Amen. Before you have your seats, help me go around. Welcome five people to service this evening. I think it's, it's, it's fine now. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Are you all tired from work? (laughs) How many people had a long day? The the Lord is your strength. I said the Lord is your strength. I said the Lord is your strength. He's renewing your youth like the eagles. He's filling your mouth with good things. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. I pray you will receive a just reward for every sweat you've broken in Jesus' name. You will, it will, not, you will not put your seed in a basket in the name of Jesus. Your, your savings, your tithing, your, your seed sowing will answer to you in the day of need in the name of Jesus. They will all come up before God as a memorial. And God will honor you. God will remember you. God will justify you. He will increase you. And he will set you on solid footing in Jesus' name. Uh, Psalmist, I believe it is, who said, When my heart is overwhelmed, please lead me to the rock that is higher than I. Amen. So I pray for a supply of the Holy Spirit, even in your hearts at this time, in Jesus' name. You You will not be overwhelmed. You will not be overcome. The storms of this life will not overwhelm you. You will, you will discover that greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And that he that is born of God is a world champion. Let me tell your neighbor I'm a world champion. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. All right. So how was your day? Tell me, what did I hear? Okay, I thought I heard some complaints. I said, after all I've said. <laughs> Hallelujah. So it was, it was an awesome day. Sammy said, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It was a function of his will. He did not wait till the day ended to decide what it was. He said in the beginning, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice in this day and I will be glad in it. And so when you've made up your mind in the morning that you will rejoice in today, uh, nothing changes that. Hallelujah. Ask your boss to throw his best shot. <laughs> <It's not cheap. laughs> I'm, I'm rejoicing in this day. Amen. When that, uh, when that troublesome customer is, you know, you're getting to breaking point, remind yourself, I'm rejoicing in today. I'm not crying in today. I'm not stressing out. I'm not flipping out. I'm not losing it today. I'm rejoicing in today. Hallelujah. And, um, 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 you know, with the benefit of hindsight, many a times we have cause to thank God for things that happened. Has, have you been there before? You know, where you say, ah, God, then I thought it was, you know, it was real bad. I thought it was real stress, but I thank you that it happened because it turned out for my good. It will turn out for your good. I said it will turn out for your good. We want to talk this evening um, on what I've titled the laws of seed time and harvest. The laws of seed time and harvest. The laws of seed time and harvest. Tell your neighbor, there are laws. Come on, guys. To seed time and to harvest time. If you open in uh, Genesis chapter 8, Genesis chapter 8 and verse uh, 22, I believe. Just one minute. Yep. Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22. Are we there? Um. I spoke from here recently. Uh, let's read verse 22 together. One, two, let's go. While the earth remains, seed time, you're waiting for the screen, isn't it? 
Okay, let's do it now. While the earth remains, I said let's do it now. So we still looked at the screen again. Let's do it together. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. Amen. So God is effectively establishing a law here. He says, while the earth remaineth. It's conditional, like I said uh, previously. The condition being that the earth must remain. Amen. So if you went to work today and you're sitting in this hall today, the earth remains. Now, while the earth remaineth, seed time and harvest, uh, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, winter and summer, day and night shall not cease. And God here is establishing uh, this law of seed time and harvest. And I'm, I'm talking this evening on what I call the laws of the harvest. I'm going to teach as much as I can. Um, so don't feel bored. Just write, okay? The laws of seed time and harvest. So our golden text is Genesis chapter 8 and verse 22. First thing you ought to note is uh, that you can do different things with seeds. Amen. You can do different things with seeds. But the Bible talks about seed time. You can, you can make jewelry with seeds. You can, you can feed birds with seeds. Hallelujah. In fact, if you read in the Bible from the parable of the sower, you can throw seeds on the wayside. You can throw seeds in thorny places. You can throw seeds uh, in stony ground. You can sell seeds. You can you know, buy seeds in the shop. There's so many things you can do with seeds. Uh, but the Bible says that there is seed time and harvest. Now, that indicates to me um, uh, that this seed ought to be sown. Am I correct? Because it's talking about harvest. So the seed time here is not time to give friends seed. It's not time to uh, throw seeds around. It's not time to uh, sell seed. It's time to sow seed. So we might as well say, uh, while the earth remains, seed sowing time. Am I correct? And harvest time shall not cease. Seed sowing time and harvest time shall not cease. Go to Ecclesiastes chapter uh, 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 and verse 2. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 is just after Ecclesiastes chapter 2. I'm sure I helped you get there faster. Are we there? Let's read from let's read the first two verses. There's a time first two verses, so verse one and two, okay? To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven. Elevation church. Let's read this together. One, two, let's go. To everything there is a season, a time for every purpose under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck what is planted. Amen? So the first law of the harvest is you must plant your seed. Amen? I thought you would write. You must plant your seed. That is the first law of the harvest. I know that sounds, I mean, that was a dull moment, isn't it? That sounds very obvious. But the first law of the harvest is that you must plant your seed. As long as your seed has not been planted in the ground, there's no harvest to expect. Also, uh, in the biblical dictionary, uh, harvest does not come before seed. Amen. In your Oxford dictionary at home, harvest comes before seed. But in God's dictionary, harvest does not come before seed. Seed comes before harvest. It says there is a time to plant or there is a time to sow and there is a time to pluck up that which is planted or a time to harvest that which is sown. Amen. So Solomon here is not saying uh, it's, it's not saying it's just a time for plucking up. It's saying it's a time for plucking up what has been planted. If you have not planted, don't expect to pluck up. If you have not, see when they say harvest time, harvest time is not a time for everyone to go out to harvest. Harvest time is a time for people who have sown a seed to go out to harvest. Help me ask your neighbor, are you sowing seeds? See, are you putting seed in the ground? So, 
if you if you if you look, um, okay, we read that already. Genesis eight twenty two. It says, "Seed time and harvest time shall not cease; they come one after the other. Seed time comes before harvest time." So when you're expecting a harvest from God, the first question to ask is, what seed have I sown? That seed has to be in the ground. Not in your pocket. It's not going to grow in your pocket. I know there's some precious seed you're keeping in your, in your jacket pocket or your suit pocket or your table at home. If it's indeed a seed, it should be in the ground. The first law of seed time and harvest is that your seed must be sown. No magic exists to give harvest to a seed that is not in the ground. I told you I may sound a bit boring today. It's time to write. Amen. If you look at John 12, the 24th verse, you don't have to um, read there. I'll read it. It says, Verily I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground. Do, they, do we have it in the, on the screen? It says, most assuredly I say unto you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain. Does that paint a picture on someone's mind? It says, as long as it stays, sorry, unless it falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. So the question you need to ask is, do I like this seed as it is, this one seed, this one precious seed, or would I have it in the ground that I may multiply it? The key to multiplying your seed is ensuring that it goes into the ground. That's the key to multiplying your seed. Understand that everything we talk about when we talk about seed harvest is relative. You know, last week, uh, uh, Pastor Idris, in that wonderful message, was talking about tithing. And then he said, um, you know, you want to tithe five billion. Am I correct? And, and, and he, he said, what's the, what's the tithe of five billion? Five hundred million. And he said, that's a lot. Hallelujah. And after service, I said to him, I said, I, said, I thought it was a lot till I realized that was just two million pounds. It's not so much anymore, isn't it? That's why people tell your neighbor have faith. It's not much. Uh, uh. <laughs> Two million pounds. Come on, guys. <laughs> hmm? That is a tithe of twenty million pounds. I expect people in here today. Amen. It's going to be somebody's story. Amen. Tell your neighbor it's not a big deal. This is cool. Amen. In your body, say, I could have put you. It's not, it's not much. <laughs> it's not much. Amen. Two, 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 two million pounds. And I thought, okay, two million pounds really is it's not a big deal. Some of these footballers earn uh, 100K a week. I'm still trying to get used to that, you know. Like a week. You mean if I play football in one week? <laughs> Amen. Can I just be a footballer for one week? I mean, the whole of my life. You know, just one week. <laughs> Amen. And this guy's getting that for years. I say he signed a five year contract, 120,000 pounds a week. Wow. <laughs> Amen. But it's small. It's small. Tell yourself it's small. See, if you don't tell yourself it's small, you won't walk in it. It's not, I'm not cursing. It's small. Hallelujah. It's small. It's small. You must always open up your heart for whatever God is, chooses to bring. It is small. I insist it is small. <laughs> what God is bringing your way, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor the mind conceived. That's what the Bible says. <laughs> so it's small. So Jesus said, except it falls into the ground and dies, it abides alone. So any seed that is not planted has no benefits. Yeah? So the first law of the harvest or the seed and harvest is that the seed must go into the ground. The seed must go into the ground. The second law of the seed time and harvest time is you must render your seed useless. You must render your seed useless. 
pastor says, what do you mean? We're still using John 12 verse 24. Except it falls into the ground and does what? Talk to me. And does what? Good. So not only must the seed fall into the ground, the seed must die. The seed must die to the planter of the seed. Have you ever sown a seed before and you're still checking up on it? <laughs> what about that watch I sowed last week? <laughs> if, you, if you ever got upset because you sowed something into someone's life and the person went on to sow it into someone else's life, it was not a seed. Amen. Sorry to disappoint you. I know you thought you sowed a seed, but it wasn't a seed. Why? The seed has to go into the ground and what? It has to die. It has to die. When God was first teaching me about seed time and harvest, many years ago, must be about 20 years ago now, uh, you know, I just bought a, a, a Tommy Hilfiger shirt then. I'm, I'm, I'm talking maybe 90, yeah, 96, I think. You know, I just bought this lovely green Tommy Hilfiger shirt. And that cost quite a bit even back then. And I thought, wow, man, you know, I've entered the big league. <laughs> so um, I had the shirt on one day and um, I was studying the Bible. I remember that. I was studying the Bible. And then, I think that was the first day I was wearing it. I was studying the Bible. And while I was studying the Bible, the Holy Spirit said, you need to sew this shirt. So, of course, I bound the devil. Um, you know, and I said, oh, God, you know, what, what sort of thoughts are these? You know, so I bound the devil and kept on studying the Bible. But, of course, you know what it is when you know what God is speaking to you and you're ignoring. Amen. Um, of course, so after a while I realized I wasn't learning anything from what I was reading anymore. But my mind had shifted to what God uh, had asked me to do. And I was sweating. <laughs> like God. <laughs> hey, okay. You know. Um, so finally I got to the place where I um, surrendered my shirt. And I packed it up. And I went to give um, one of my pastors at that time. And so that was it. I thought the seed was dead. I went back to my room, you know, moved on with my life. And the next day I was um, walking past the football field. And I see this green shirt on one of the players on the pitch. You know, oh, that looks like my shirt from yesterday. <laughs> Only to find out, guys, that this person whom I'd given this shirt had thought of all things my shirt you know I almost ran onto the pitch <laughs> as if to say look if you don't know what a Tommy Hilfiger shirt is <laughs> but sometimes God will send you someone who is not impressed so that your seed can die I thought what is this guy doing with my seed it's not my business it's not my business at all tell anybody the seed has to die if you've given it, say, if you've given it, stop thinking about it. I know you still thought about it today. <laughs> or someone say, Pastor, it was a very painful seed. <laughs> that means your mind hasn't left it. It has to die. Unless the seed goes into the ground and dies, it abides alone. Now, that means, like I said, if you've sown this seed and you're still thinking about it, you haven't sown it yet. Meaning what? The seed isn't dead yet. Meaning what? You may never receive a harvest from that seed. Never. Never. So next time you give someone a, uh, a tie, a wristwatch, a suit, a book, if you see it torn the next day, praise God, that seed is dying. Amen. See, see it that way. I know it costs you a lot of money, but it's multiplying. I said it's multiplying. David had this same experience in Second, uh, second Samuel chapter 24, verse 24. You know, I've always said something. I've always said that the value of your seed, sorry, that, that, that the, 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 the weight of your seed is not in its value, but in its cost. The weight of your seed is not in its value, but in its cost. Jesus stood by the offering basket one day. And the Bible says people came to give an offering. And this lady came, this old woman came with two mites, amen, two coins, and put it in the offering. And Jesus said on that day, she gave the biggest offering. Now, that doesn't sound right, does it? Talk to me. 
No, because they were big men. They were rich men who came and dropped fat offerings. But he said, no, she gave the biggest offering. Why? Because your offering is not in its value, but in its cost. She gave out of her lack, he said, but they gave out of their abundance. So she was more likely to go home thinking about what she gave. Ah, Father, help me to kill this seed. Help me to. You get that? So David, in 2 Samuel chapter 24, if you go there, verse 24, we see that David here has to, um, David has to sacrifice or make sacrifices to God. And because he has to travel a distance, he has chosen to uh, buy the animals for the sacrifice locally. Hallelujah. I'm just giving you, uh, I don't know, I'm just giving you a background. Oh no, yeah, I'm giving you a bit of a background. He has, to buy, he has to buy the animals locally. So he travels and then he gets to the place of sacrifice and he wants to buy the animals. And because this is, you know, this is David, one of the landowners there says, look, I'm going to give you all the animals for the sacrifice for free. Amen. Check what David says in verse 24. Then the king said to Arona, I've always thought that should be Haruna. No, but I will surely buy it from you for a price. Nor will I offer burnt offerings to the Lord my God with that which costs me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. He said, I'm not going to offer burnt offerings to my Lord with that which costs me nothing. Nothing. If the seed does nothing to you, it may not bring a harvest. You know, sometimes... Listen carefully. Sometimes we think we're sowing, but we're actually giving. I don't know if that makes sense. And there's no problem with giving. There's a, there's a biblical reward for giving. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, when you have a hundred pairs of shoes, and believe me, some people do have a hundred pairs of shoes. It exists. Some ladies do have a hundred pairs of shoes. <laughs> um, I need to be careful here. Yeah, When you have a hundred pairs of shoes, and you see someone without a pair of shoes, ah, oh, you know what? Let me sew a pair of shoes. Let me sew the one I bought six years ago that I've used, that I'm already considering throwing in the bin. I want to sow it. Father, I'm sowing this seed. Give it. The person needs a pair of shoes. I'm sorry. But that isn't costing you anything, is it? You know, that's why we say when we're, when we're, when we're doing uh, the soup kitchen. You know the soup kitchen we do on December 26th. We say to you, bring clothes that you have from home. Bring shoes. Bring this and bring that. You know what some people do? They take the clothes to the dry cleaners. And they dry clean it. They get it ironed. You know. There's a big deal to that. You know why? Because you've still spent money. I've seen people bring bags. Those clothes you wouldn't even give your... Who can I call it now? (laughs) I can't even think of who you wouldn't give. That's how bad it is. And then you call that a seed. It's tricky. Enough said. So you must render your seed useless in the sense that your seed must cost you. When our Lord said the seed must die before it can accomplish the miracle of multiplication, he, he meant it must enter a stage of uselessness to the planter. Tell your neighbor your seed must be useless to you. So it must die. Number three, you must plant what you expect to harvest. You must plant what you expect to harvest. You must plant what you expect to harvest. Go to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 12. Genesis chapter 1 and verse 12. Okay, I'll read that to us. It says, And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind, and the tree that yields fruit 
whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. Is there any variety here? Talk to me. Is there any variety here? You're not sure. (laughs) According to its kind. There were no variables. There were no options. There was no possibility that if if you sowed an apple seed and you prayed hard enough and fasted, it would bring forth mangoes. Now, he said everyone would bring forth after its kind. After its kind. So the third law is you must plant what you expect to harvest. In Galatians chapter 6, the seventh verse, it says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, you know it, that shall he also Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Be not deceived, God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth. So if a man sows mangoes, what does he get? Good. If you need love, what do you sow? (laughs) I know some people say you can monetize it. <laughs> if you need clothes, what do you sew? That sounds hard, doesn't it? I need it. God, didn't you hear? I need it. It means I don't have enough. If you need time, what do you sew? Talk to me. Good. That means if you were wishing there were 25 hours in a day, and you say, God, I'm so, I'm so, you know, I'm so caught up with work. I'm so busy. You know, there doesn't seem to be enough hours in a day. How can I just make this all good? The Holy Spirit can ask you to go volunteer in church on a weekday. And you're like, God, I mean, it looks like you just didn't hear what I said. He can ask you to go work in an orphanage. Oh, go and spend some time with the kids, two hours every, every week. God, I just said there wasn't enough. (laughs) But it has to bring forth after its kind. So, when you think you don't have enough time, check this out. Take a little out of the time that you don't have enough of and sow it. And it will shock you how your schedule will open up. Why? Because it's God who does the increasing. Paul said, uh, uh, he said, I, I planted, Apollos watered. It is God who gave the increase. It's God who gives the increase. It's God who, who brings about the, the increase or the miracle of a harvest. It's God who works those things out. What he has said, however, is that to receive, you need to give. To harvest, you need to plant. Not just plant anything. So you are not going to plant cherry, a.k.a. agbalumo, and reap mangoes. Because I know if we all had that option, some of us would plant cherries and ask God for watermelons. You know yourself. Ah, God, I need watermelon. What do I have? You go into your kitchen, you pass the mangoes, you pass the pineapples, you pass the watermelons. God, I, I've, I've been led to sow this cherry. <laughs> he knows you. <laughs> so he said, if you want a watermelon, sow a watermelon. After its kind, a pastor gave this, a pastor gave this, uh, uh, sto- he told this story about how a woman walked up to him. Um, no, a guy actually walked up to him after service one day to complain about Um, how he felt that his seed sowing and harvest had not been working. And he said, and he was really making this complaint on behalf of his mom. And he said, look, my mom is an old woman now. She's living in a care home and things like that. He says, but when she was very youthful, when she was, you know, able to move around, she used to visit hospitals, amen. And she would visit hospitals and just, you know, just sow those seeds. And she would cook meals and take meals to hospitals. And she would do all that stuff. And she would sow, uh, 
um, uh, clothes. She would sew clothes for the elderly, you know, really nicely knitted clothes and stuff like that. And it says now she's an old woman, you know, she doesn't have much money, she's uh, uh, in a care home and stuff like that. And so the pastor asked him, he said, uh, does your mom get a lot of visits? He said, yes, actually. He said the hospital staff are always struggling to control visitors. To his mom. He said, does she get a lot of food? He said, they've been trying to keep her on a diet. She gets food from everybody. This is a true story. So what about clothes? Does she get clothes? He says, Pastor, her room is full of clothes. We don't even know what to do. Everybody is giving her clothes. He says, what about money? Does she get a lot of money? He said, no. So he asked him, "Um, have you been tithing? So actually, we don't believe in tithing. Have you been giving offerings? No, no, no. My mother never believed in tithing or believing in offerings. She believed that was old stuff. No, 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 no. Anyway, by that time, he got the message. Because her room was full of clothes. <laughs> she had more than enough <laughs> food. And they were con- struggling to control visitors to her room. Isn't that interesting? After its own what? kind. After its own kind. It works. It works. It works. I can give you personal examples. There was a time God would ask me to give wristwatches. I had no clue why. For a period of years, I stopped wearing wristwatches because I was afraid God would ask me to give it. (laughs) That's the truth. Amen. Talk about the the Bulovas, the Valentinos, the swatches. You know, I was just getting gifts of wrist. And every time, the Lord would say, oh, you know, give that wristwatch to this pastor. Give that. I mean, I bought this really vintage swatch once. Even the people at swatch were telling me, man, this is really cool. We haven't had this swatch for, for a long time. I have this swatch, and the Holy Spirit says, sew it. I'm like, that's it. No more. <laughs> I gave the guy, and God knows for about two years I didn't wear a watch. Nah, nah, nah. I'm not wearing anymore. <laughs> but then it didn't come as a surprise that later on people would give me watches. Listen, I got my, sorry to go into this detail, I got my first, I think it was a Movado. How many people know a Movado? I got a Movado like maybe 20 years ago. I know that makes me sound old, right? I'm not that old. It tells you how young I was when I got a Movado. And the minute I got this, listen. When you know you're not at this level, it's probably a seed. I was not stupid enough to put it on. I took that Movado nicely and traveled to Ibadan, to one of my pastors. <laughs> Amen. You see, because if you have a Movado, but your shoes are shouting. <laughs> Am I talking sense? So I, was, I thought, nah, this is, this, this is not bread. This is a seed. This is, God is showing me my future. A wise man sees evil ahead and hides himself. Cast your bread upon the waters, for after many days they will come back unto you. So I'm like, nah, this is not for now. God is flashing me. <laughs> Amen. So I, so I took it, and I went to give it. Amen. And at some point... People would say, I was at a meeting in Ife once, and a guy left me a Piaget. I never met this guy, and the pastor I went to preach for said, Pastor, some guys heard you were coming, and he left this wristwatch. I know you all feel like bringing your watches now, don't <laughs> and he left, And he left this wristwatch, um, you know. I was like, oh, okay, you know, God bless but it works. It works. Believe me. It works. 
It works. <sighs> All right. Okay. Luke six thirty eight. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Give, and it shall be given unto you. I want to ask you a question. What shall be given unto you? Sorry? What you gave. Good. So if you give mangoes, what shall be given unto you? Full measure, pressed down, shaking together, running over. Clap for yourself. You're very intelligent. Amen. If you give your time, what shall be given unto you? Full measure, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. Amen. If you get to work and you're being nasty, and you're sowing a nasty habit, what shall be given unto you? Full measure, pressed down, shaking together. If you withhold what more than is meat, the Bible says there is he that soweth and yet increaseth, and there is he that withholdeth more than is meat and tendeth to poverty. If you withhold more than is meat, what happens? People withhold from you more than is meat. Full measure. Hallelujah. Clap for yourselves. So you got that one. Number four, the size of your harvest is established by your seed. The size of your harvest is established by your seed. We were talking the other day about your seed and a vision or, and your vision of the blessing. Your seed and your vision of the blessing. The size of your harvest is established by your seed. The size of your harvest is established by your seed. Every wise farmer knows this principle. You should sow more than is necessary... Because you can much easier adjust to the problem of having more than enough than adjust to the problem of having too little. If you read in, I think it's Matthew 13, the parable of the sower, you see there the Bible says, now that guy must have been doing some sowing. He sowed on seed uh, on, on the wayside. He sowed in thorny places. He sowed on stony ground. He sowed on, uh, uh, on good ground. Amen. So this guy is going and he's sowing and he's sowing and he's sowing. He didn't take one seed. Say, God, I'm sowing now. You can see you. Amen. Mm-hmm. I've sown. <laughs> no, no, he didn't do that. The size of your harvest is dictated or established by your seed. So when you are sowing seed, make sure it is guided by your vision of the harvest. In 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6, the Living Bible Translation, it says a farmer who plants just a few seeds will get only a small crop. But if he plants much, will reap much. You sow sparingly, reap sparingly. You know that. So, does this make sense? A farmer wants to sow. He goes out into the field to sow. And he takes four seeds to his plantation. He says, Father, I'm going to sow seed. Amen. So he plants one here, one there, one here, and one there. He waters the seed and everything. Now it's harvest time. And the week before harvest time, he starts to fast and pray. And his prayer point is, Lord, I want a harvest of that whole plantation. You said you will multiply my seed. Let that plantation be full by the time I get there next week. Will his prayers make any sense? Will his fasting make any sense? Why? Because he sowed what? Sparingly. He sowed sparingly. So there's the guy on the next side who is throwing seed. Now some fell on the wayside. Some fell in thorny places. Some fell in stony ground. Some fell on good ground. And brought forth 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. But that indicates how much sowing he did. <laughs> that he would still have a 100-fold in spite of the fact that some fell on stony ground. 
in spite of the fact that some fell on, uh, in thorny places, in spite of the fact that some fell on the wayside. So the Bible says, if you sow sparingly, you reap sparingly. If you sow bountifully, which is why seed sowing must be a, must be a way of life. Amen. It must be. You can't say, ah, May is my month of seed sowing. <laughs> or I sow seeds every March. Because it's my month of marching forward. God help you if you send that to me on BB again. <laughs> this month you will march forward. God, God seems to say that every year, every March, doesn't he? <laughs> the Holy Spirit said to me to tell you this month, you will, this, this month of March you will march forward. Amen. It sounds good. Sounds good. And you will march forward. I don't, amen. Just don't send it to me on BB again. <laughs> Hallelujah. So what do you need to do to sow a bountiful harvest? Oh, sorry, to reap a bountiful harvest. It's simple. This stuff is simple. Sowing must be a way of life. I have gotten to the point, and I mean this, where I have no Isaacs. There is not a thing that the Holy Spirit can ask me to give that I can't give. One of my pastor's wives complained once. He said he got home. Uh, he said she got home and she, she found out he had, given the, uh, <laughs> he had given the sofa in the living room. <laughs> and he said to me, he said, <laughs> he said, you know, she knew I had just given the sound system and all of that and I had given the television and she got home and she, you know, she was complaining. Ah, this man, I don't know. One day I'm going to get home and you've given the house. And he said, today I was just looking at her. Like, should I sow this woman? <laughs> I will sow you if God asks me to. <laughs> should I sow this woman? <laughs> Amen. That's, that's rather excessive, isn't it? <laughs> hey, but he was a seed sower, man. He was a seed sower. He was a seed sower. <laughs> oh, Lord, he sowed seeds. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, there's nowhere in the Bible where you're asked to sow your wife. It's, it's not, um, that's not seed sowing. <laughs> Amen. Okay. All right. The fifth law, you must plant your seed in good ground. You must plant your seed in good ground. Is anyone being blessed? You must plant your seed in good ground. Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. You must plant your seed in good ground. In verse 8, the Bible says, But other seed fell into good ground and brought forth. Matthew chapter 13, if you will open there. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 8. It says, But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Other seeds fell into good ground and brought forth, some a hundredfold, some sixtyfold, and some thirtyfold. You see in that parable, some of the seed fell by the wayside and was eaten by birds. Some fell on stony ground where the Bible says there was not much earth and it was scorched by the sun. Some fell among stones and the, you know, the worries of this life and all of that made it unfruitful and it choked it. Now the point here is that this, this principle applies across board. Yes, I know he was explaining something that happened in agriculture, but it applies everywhere. That your seed only makes sense when you sow it in good ground. Your seed only makes sense when you sow it in good ground. That is why I say to you, uh, know when to sow and when you're just giving. There's no problem. You can give. You're commanded to give. He that gives to the poor lends to God. Listen. You can't really sow to the poor. Did you get that? 
He needs it. <laughs> so the Bible says, he that gives to the poor lends to God. Your, spl- your seed must be planted in good ground. You can sow into the lives of your parents. Amen. Why? Because in them, you see a harvest. Did you get that? You see this lovely couple at 70? That's where you want to be at 70. They're still holding hands and whispering sweet nonsense to each other. And you're saying, oh God. You know, sometimes I see a couple, and I just love this couple, and I just like the way they they lead their marriage, and I take a seed and I sow it to them. Why? Because I see a harvest there. You get what I'm saying? That's why I say you can't see you can't see a man by the roadside begging. Lord, I want to sow a seed in. Nah, come on, just give him. <laughs> Amen. Just give, give. It will be given unto you, no problem. So sow seeds into the lives of your parents. Or say, Father, I want to be like my dad and my mom when I grow up. When I'm at this age. For some, it's your spiritual parents. You, you probably you know, don't have a good model with your natural parents. Fine, it, it happens. You say, Lord, these are my spiritual parents. I want to. There are people I just see and I say, look, I, I just like this guy. I just think I want to be like you. Why? Because I can see a harvest. I can covet something. Paul said, Paul said to the uh, Romans, in Romans 1, 11, he said, I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. He had what they needed. So into your uh, Galatians 6, 6, it says, let he that receives instructions from the word. That's my least quoted scripture. Because when people say it, <laughs> when you say it, people think you mean, come and give to pastor. But it says, let he that receives instructions from the word communicate unto he from whom he receives instructions in all good things. All good things means thank you, a card, a gift, not just thank you. (laughs) That was hard for me to say. (laughs) Hallelujah. So into, so into, Look, any, anyone, anywhere you see a harvest. Now, I was asking the question, how do I know good ground? Anyone who is following God, I want you to hear me. Anyone who is, who is, who is walking in God's purpose for his life is good ground. Anyone who is, you see, Paul said, where's that scripture? First um, Corinthians 3, 6. Paul said, I planted, Apollos watered. It is God that gives the increase. Don't give because he has a 5,000 member church. He may not be walking in God's plans for his life. As long as man cannot give the increase, the increase cannot be your measurement for seed sowing. If his assignment with God is to plant and he's planting, he's good ground. If his assignment before God is to water and he's watering, he's good ground. Simple. I hope I'm not confusing people today, honestly. (laughs) It's good ground. You see, because the one who plants cannot save a soul, the one who waters cannot save a soul. Only Jesus, the Lord of the harvest, can save a soul. Number six. You must always wait a period of time before planting and harvesting. 
you must always wait a period of time. In Mark chapter 4, verses 26 and 27, the Bible was talking about a man. It says the kingdom of God is as if a man should cast seed into the ground and should sleep and rise night and day, and the seed should spring and grow up. So what happened between when he planted seed in the ground and when the seed sprang and grew up? What? He slept day and night. Hallelujah. He slept, he rose day and night. You must always wait a period of time before harvesting. You must always wait a period of time before harvesting. I think when we talk faith, we should also talk patience. Bible says in Hebrews 6, 12, I believe, uh, follow them who through faith and patience have obtained the promise. Not just through faith. If you get faith wrong, then you think, then you come into what we call a name it and claim it. Blab it and grab it. Oh, I believe I have a, a hundredfold. Father, I'm sowing this tonight. You want to wake up tomorrow and receive your harvest. No, it doesn't happen. Take even, even, even beans. I think that one comes up pretty quick, isn't it? Back in primary school, they would give us beans to put in. Yeah, but even that takes a little while. I found out there is only one thing for which you can receive an immediate harvest. Who wants to know? Turn to your neighbor. Smile. Did you get a harvest? Some guys are still smiling. Ladies, if the guy is still smiling, just um, look away. (laughs) That's long enough. (laughs) Immediate harvest. But, you know, if if a smile is good enough to move you into the fullness of God's plans, keep smiling. Um, You know, you receive it a full measure, blessed, uh, pressed down, shaking together, and running over. They don't pay with smiles at Eba, no. <laughs> so if you have excess smiles, don't think, ah, I have too much smiles. Let me, these are not uh, club card points or uh, air miles. <laughs> it will reproduce after its own. All right, okay. So you need to learn patience with your faith. It's Hebrews 6.12. Be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience have obtained the promises. Law number seven, you must maintain your crops for a proper harvest. You must maintain your crops for a proper harvest. In Matthew chapter 13, we're talking about the sower uh, who sowed seeds. And in verse 7, the Bible says um, that uh, um, when the thorns, when he sowed seeds among, among thorns, the thorns sprung up and choked the seeds. The, sp- the, the thorns sprung up and choked the seeds. If you have done agriculture to any extent, you realize that when you sow seeds, you need to maintain the environment. You need to maintain the seed. You need to maintain what you've put in the ground. Why? Because it will take a while for your seed to produce a harvest. Am I correct? Good. So when you put seed in the ground, you don't just walk away and wait for harvest time. Why? You will meet weeds there. You will meet vermin there. You will meet ants. You will meet all sorts of things there, and they would have overwhelmed your seed. So there is a place for maintaining your crop when it comes to seed time and harvest. Proper maintenance is essential to a proper harvest. Seed will become unfruitful if it is left to the ravages of a hostile environment. Beloved, when you put your seed in the ground, you need to take care of that seed. Why? The environment is hostile. Am I correct? The environment is hostile. Somebody sowed a seed yesterday, Father, I thank you for this seed. I'm putting it in the ground. And then you get to work tomorrow. No, no, first you get into traffic. 
on your way from the mainland to the island. And then someone bumps you from behind. You know already uh, the spirit is moving within you. Amen. You feel like saying some things. And so when your seed is in the ground, the devil will tempt you to make wrong confessions. Are you mad? Are you crazy? What is going on? Bah, bah, bah. Wants to stress you out. Forget about your seed. So already weeds are coming up. Already you're upset. Then you get to work. That person who didn't talk to you nicely yesterday, who you still haven't forgiven, is affecting your seed. I'm talking to someone. It's affecting your seed. You put seed in the ground and you think you're going to walk in malice with someone, you may not get a good harvest. The devil will bring everything and anything he can bring to mess up that seed. How many people have seed in the ground right now? Every, listen, everybody has some seed in the ground. So I want to see your hands up. You, you all have some seed in the ground. That's the truth. You may not remember, you may not know. But when you consciously put seed in the ground, it is important that you maintain the environment. Insects corrupt your seed. Weeds corrupt your seeds. Vermin corrupts your seeds. The Bible talks about God restoring the years that the canker worm and the palmer worm and the caterpillar and the locust have eaten. Those are, those are things that corrupted your seed. Things that took what ought to be yours years ago. So a proper attitude will help maintain your crops. By proper attitude, I mean your faith, I mean your confessions, I mean your godly lifestyle. Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all of these things that the others seek after will be added unto you. Now that tells you that what is most important before God is his kingdom and righteousness. That is more important to God than any seed you put in the ground. When you put your seed in the ground, keep seeking his kingdom. What is the kingdom of God? God's kingdom is within you. God's kingdom is where the king lives. The Bible says, know you not that you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And that the spirit of God dwells in you. Put your hand on your belly. Say, the kingdom of God is here. Now, you know, I didn't mean your physical stomach. What you have there is Eba and uh, Egusi. I broke with pounded yam. That's why I'm preaching, so. (laughs) Amen. So powerfully this evening. You know when I said the kingdom of God is here, I didn't mean in your belly. Amen. So when you drink water, you're not going to be drinking water on the kingdom of God. And having ofada rice on the kingdom of God. Amen. the, The kingdom of God is in you. The Holy Spirit dwells in your spirit. So it says, seek ye first. So your, 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 your everyday endeavor should be how to improve your spiritual life. Yeah? So you put your seeds in the ground. And when you're praying in the morning, always pray for your seeds. Your seeds are in the ground. Your seeds are in the ground. Some people are due a harvest. You will receive it this week in the name of Jesus. You are, you are overdue a harvest. You put seed in the ground and you cannot understand it. You cannot explain it. God sees your heart. God, you know, ah, what happened? Amen. It's springing forth. I said it's springing forth. I said it's springing forth. It says the kingdom of God uh, is not in meat and drink. That's why I said this is not the kingdom of God. Amen. It's not in meat and drink. It's in righteousness, in peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. So seeking first God's kingdom is the process of actively seeking the rulership of Jesus Christ in your life. Amen. Seeking first the kingdom of God is actively is the process of actively seeking the rulership of Jesus Christ in your life. So what happens, pastor? First I plant my seed in the ground. Secondly, secondly I get to the place where my seed has become useless to me. In other words, I have died to that seed and that seed has died to me. Thirdly, I I planted what I expected to harvest. Uh, knowing that the size of my harvest is established by my seed. I, however, planted my seed in good ground. 
and waited a period of time between planting and harvesting because I added to my faith patience. I have maintained my crops for a proper harvest. So my seed has no cockroaches, no vermin, no weeds running around it. Number eight, your harvest is a miracle. Your harvest is a miracle. I planted, Apollos watered. It is God who gave the increase. Your harvest is a miracle. No matter what you've put in the ground, no matter how much you've put in the ground, always remember that God is the God of the harvest. And that God will bring a harvest your way. And that harvest is a result of grace. So Lord, I'm thanking you for this harvest. I thank you because it came by your grace. I thank you because it's, it didn't happen because I'm a skillful sower. Hallelujah. It happened by grace. By grace. By grace. By grace. The Bible says a man went out into the, uh, uh, into the streets to look for people to walk in his vineyard. And at 9 a.m. he called some people. And he said, I'm going to pay you what I think is right. Hallelujah. That's what he said he was going to pay them. They didn't settle on a fee. I'll pay you what I think is right. And at 12 o'clock, he called some people. He says, I need you to come and work in my vineyard. I will pay you what I think is right. At 3 o'clock, he called some people. I need you to come and work in my vineyard. I will pay you what I think is right. At 5 p.m., he called some people. I will pay you what I think is right. At 6 p.m., Everybody closed for the day. He paid everybody the same thing. And the guy at 9 a.m. complained. I started work at 9 a.m. Why are you paying me the same thing you're paying the guy who started work at 5 a.m.? I want you to hear me, beloved. When we get to heaven, you will see some people who gave their lives right before your eyes. The 5 p.m. people. And you say, ah, oh God, how come he's receiving a crown also? Tell your neighbor it's by grace. You will never work hard enough to deserve anything from God. It's by grace. I want you to lift your hands and talk to the God of the harvest. Speak to your seed that is in the ground. Command that seed to bring forth in the name of Jesus. Some of you have done great and powerful things in the past and you haven't even seen any reward for it. I trust God that a book of remembrance is opened in your name today and that you're receiving a multiple reward in the name of Jesus. Some of you will receive seven years in one year. I mean that seven years in one year. It looks like the last seven years were barren. And God says this year the earth will open up to you. Things you've prayed about years past. You said, Father, I'm putting this seed in the ground. I'm trusting you for this. I'm trusting you for that. And you seem to forget. Someone is going to collide with his harvest this week in the name of Jesus. You will collide. It will, it will overwhelm you. You will not have a basket big enough to put it in. Kabashata. The God of grace will open up the storehouse of heaven to you today. He will show you his mercy. He will show you his kindness. Your seed will speak. Your seed will bring forth. Your seed will multiply. Your seed will increase. God will give you seed to sow. God will give you bread to eat. Ask God for grace. Ask him for grace. Ask him for grace. I want you to speak to every seed you may remember that you have in the ground. Cause them to bring forth. Some of you sowed seeds of kindness in the past. Some of you sowed seeds of kindness in school, in university. 
and you're saying, Lord, I was so kind to people. I don't understand what happened. Every door I knock on, I'm rejected. That story is changing in the name of Jesus. Kindness will overwhelm you in the name of Jesus. People will fall over themselves to favor you. For in Jesus' mighty name we pray. For in Jesus' mighty name.